In the book of Psalms, the 16th chapter, the 11th verse says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with the eternal pleasures at your right hand. I'm going to come back and read that again. We know that after the crucifixion of Jesus, he was seen many, many times the road to Emmaus. Two, two individuals, and it said that they were followers, and they knew all about Jesus. But they didn't realize that he was the stranger that was walking with them until they broke bread. And then they recognized him. You know, there's sometimes, Rob can relate to this. I get confused with someone's name. I think uh, just the two of us, nobody else does. But I see somebody and I just go blank. Somebody sometimes I meet, but I hadn't seen them in a while. And it might be in Lubbock. And I say, no, that can't be them. Has that ever happened? You're somewhere else, uh, Austin or Washington, D.C., and you realize there's one of your friends. I was in Nashville once, and I ran into a guy that graduated from high school with me, but I was afraid to call him by name because I thought I was wrong. Well, with Jesus, that was what happened because they knew the story. They were relating. He, He asked them, what are you talking about? And they says, don't you know? Haven't you heard? The one that we thought would be the Messiah was crucified. And now these ladies are saying that he rose from the dead. But they didn't recognize him until he broke the bread and he prayed with them. And then we know that there was a point in time that the disciples were all hiding because they felt like the same thing was going to happen to them. And they knew they did not want to be crucified. So they were hiding. Behind locked doors, Jesus appears. And they recognized him. Thomas was not there. When he came back, the other 11 told him, 10 I should say. The others said, told him what had happened. He says, I won't believe it until I can see the piercing of his hands and in his side. I will not believe. Well, you better be careful what you ask for, folks. Because Jesus appeared. Don't you, don't you know he was just shaking? Here he is. Be careful what you wish for because you'll get it. And he, Jesus says, touch Touch my hands. Touch where the spikes had been driven. Touch my side where there was a wound from that spear. Thomas, touch. There was a time also that the fishermen in the group, they were out fishing, and then they weren't having any luck, and this stranger says, throw the net on the other side. And they did. And they caught so many fish. And then John, and he refers to him himself, he says, 
the one that Jesus loves? See, I tell all my cousins that my aunts love me more than them. I never can get them to commit to that, but that's my story and I'm sticking with it. Well, Jesus tells them to throw that net on the other side and there's so many fish, they have trouble bringing it in. And John says, it's our Lord. It's the Lord. And as soon as they got close enough to the shore, Peter got out of the boat because it was going too slow for him and he starts trotting up to the bank to see Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus had prepared breakfast and he ate. Remember these stories because the word tells us we're going to be like Jesus. I don't expect to be around a campfire and having fried fish with you, biscuits and gravy. But in heaven, we will know each other. We will know each other. And that's quite comforting when you come through these very difficult times, like I said, three funerals in a week, week and a half, that we will know each other. We will recognize. I will recognize Granny. I will uh, recognize Charlie. I will recognize my Aunt Ellen. I will recognize them. There will be a presence about us that is recognizable even in heaven. So there will be the reunion. Our family is constantly talking about the reunion in heaven. When my aunt passed away, that was the last of that generation, and we just knew there was a great celebration going on in heaven. And the Word leads us in that direction. We're not just making it up. We know of the angels. We know of them singing and making uh, noise, joys. Of, what is it? Joys of noise? Making... <laughs> Anyway, they're having music, and they're singing it, and it sure is pretty. <laughs> Joyful noise to the Lord. That's it. Where are y'all when I need you? <laughs> okay, I'm going to face you guys there, you know. <laughs> Again, I'm going to read this out of the 16th chapter, the 11th verse of Psalms. You make known to me the path of life. The path of life is the path that we are to walk as Christians because it leads to life forever and ever and ever. And so while we are here, we're to be walking that path so that someday when we are called home, we're ready. Our bags are packed. My cousin Charlie, his bags were packed. Granny, her bags were packed and had been. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Isn't that an awesome visual? Thinking about the joy we're going to have when we, see, when we see Christ, when we see our family. What a joyful time that is going to be. That is going to be a celebration deluxe. 
with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Eternal pleasures. I know some of you are prone to stay real busy. It might be working at the office, might be working at the farm, or you've already left the the office, and now you're working very hard and staying very busy at home. But you stay very, very busy, and you're thinking, it's going to be boring up there. In Jody's case, he'll be thinking there, I can't take any more fishing trips. By the way, he just got back. But I hadn't seen the fish yet, but I'm sure I will. I'm sure he's got some marked just for me. But you might think it's going to be boring in heaven. There's nothing to do. I mean, you can only hug your relatives so many times. But in heaven, remember that it is better than anything that we have on earth. Anything. He blesses us with the best. We have joy, we have happiness here. Think of, you know, music that you hear on earth. Multiply, multiply that many, many times, the music that we hear in heaven. It's going to be so fantastic. Maybe I'll even be able to carry a tune in heaven. But the music's going to be great. Think of the sunrises you've seen, the sunsets. Think of how clean the air smells after a rain and how blessed we are every time with the rain. We'll multiply this many, many times over. And whatever you get joy from here will be embellished. And we will know each other. How important it is that I get to see mom and dad and recognize them. You see, they never got to experience this part of my life. They were never in Quana when I've been in the pulpit. But I know their spirit has. And I'm going to say, Dad, what did you think about it? You think I did okay? Mom, my singing wasn't that bad, was it, Mom? But there's going to be great rejoicing. And look around the room, folks. For we will see each other in heaven. We will see each other in heaven. And how do I know that? Because he tells us the saints will be in heaven. I don't know if you ever thought of yourself as a saint. Y'all called me a lot of things, but saint has never been one of them. But according to the word, we are. Because we're the believers. We are the ones that are carrying the good news as we live, as we see people and meet people. No matter where we are, we have an opportunity to witness for Jesus Christ. It might be something that's very simple, and I love to hear it. Let's say I go through a drive-in like Sonic or something. And then the person that hands me the food says, God bless you. Man, I am blessed just by those words. They didn't have to preach a sermon. I know y'all would like for my sermons to be that short, but 
that I knew. You know, I'm talking to a brother or sister in, in Jesus Christ right now. The good news. The good news is heaven is going to be, you know, better than we can even imagine. In the 12th chapter of Hebrews, the 22nd verse. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. In joyful assembly. We, we grieve. We've had, as I guess all of y'all know, we've had grief class here and lasted about three or four years. Grief is painful. It's painful to us. But our loved ones are filled with joy. Because they're in God's presence. They're in God's presence and there's no more. Like my cousin, his was a a breathing issue with his lungs and not being able to breathe properly and he got on the transplant list or tried to but never got those lungs. So he struggled in his breathing. But no more. No more. No more tubes, no more walkers, no more. Whatever your loved one is struggling with, it's no more in heaven. So when we're grieving, it's because of the absence of that person in our life. Because of our great love for that person. But as much as we love that person, He loves them even more. Even more, because he has taken them home where there's no no need for oxygen, no need to be stuck with another needle, no more problems just walking from the chair to the bed, no more, because everything is perfect. Everything is perfect when we're in his kingdom. The first Corinthians, the 51st verse, it's the 15th chapter in the 51st verse. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we all will be changed in a flash. You see, we give up our physical being but our soul lives on. It lives on. You know, last night, I I was looking at my feet, and when I looked at them, I said, man, those are feet of an old man. I even had a grandchild say, 
Big Daddy, you have old, old man's feet or something like that. And, the, you know, I remember my dad having feet like this, but I, I, when did it happen to me? You know, my legs, my feet, old man's feet and old man legs. But in heaven, we're, all, we're good to go for eternity, for eternity. So we don't have to worry about it. The aches and pains that we have. We celebrate. Again, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. In the 54th verse, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're victorious. I know when I am meeting with Vicki Hoover that there will be tears. But we know that with Granny there's victory. No more issues. None. No more issues for her, but we will grieve and we will go through that process, a process that was given to us by God. We know that shortest sentence in the Bible is Jesus wept for his very dear friend had died only to be brought out of the tomb by Jesus. But he had that emotion just as we do. Just as we do. So there will be that victory. And those of us that are left, we will carry on. And it's our mission to share the word of Jesus Christ, to let others know how wonderful our Lord is. We don't understand everything. We don't know why. There's such terrible illnesses such as cancer. We don't, we don't know those things. We don't understand how some uh, deranged individual under the name of Hitler could ever even exist. So we don't have all the answers. But we have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. That's when we, where we turn. That's the first place people turn in the loss of a loved one. To Jesus Christ. For He will never forsake us. He will never even leave us, most less forsake us. He is always, always there. Always there. Your responsibility and mine is the same. There's some individuals that don't have the joy of Jesus Christ because they do not know Jesus Christ as we do. So we share. We share the word. As I'm looking at Jimmy, I'm thinking of his faith, Doris's faith. And each time I called them, 
I could hear the strength and the courage in their voice and the, the, the contentment of knowing that Jesus Christ is with them. They knew that. They knew that, and they were able to project that over the phone. Wayne, we're, we're looking forward to, to being in church with you. Wayne, we're getting better. Wayne, we're getting out of the hospital. The joy. But his love for Jesus, Darcy's, told the story. The story of Jesus Christ that lives, that lives within you and lives within me. If you do not know Jesus Christ, at this time we ask you to come forward. This is the time to make that decision that I want to declare Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. This is the time. This is the time that I I say those words that are so meaningful. And they're not just words, folks. By declaring Him as your Savior, you've reserved your seat 